0: All right, happy hump day, everybody. It's Wednesday. We have made it halfway through this week, and the New York Islanders came up with a big 4-3, come-from-behind overtime victory over the Dallas Stars. We will have a full analysis of that game, including the debut, uh, the NHL debut, of Kiefer Bellows, who uh, actually picked up a point in his first NHL game with his parents on hand for the occasion. We also have our weekly farm report, and we'll have a trip back to Les Coliseaux in Quebec City on this date in Islanders history. So, lots to discuss on today's show. Don't forget, if there's something on your mind, uh, a question, comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss Please feel free to shoot us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, your host, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And please, if you're enjoying the show... Uh, Leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcatcher of your choice. That helps spread the word about our show, makes it easier for other Islander fans and hockey fans to find, and helps grow the Locked On Islanders family, and it's certainly greatly appreciated. All right, let's get down to business here. Barkley Center, Islanders, Dallas Stars last night in uh, an exciting game of hockey, and, uh, you know, the big story, Bellows' debut, but the Islanders came into this game needing two points, no matter what, Uh, just need to get back on track, need to get things going again, and uh, very important that they do that. Now, the goaltenders, Ben Bishop, in between the pipes for Dallas, as expected, and Simeon Varlamov in goal, for the Islanders, and the Islanders came out really, really aggressively. They played, I would say, in the first 12 minutes of this game, outstanding, aggressive hockey. And it only took 90 seconds for the Islanders to get on the board. It was Boville, his 14th of the year, from Jordan Eberle and Ryan Pulock, and uh, again, the time of the goal, 1:30, a backhand shot by Boville that ends up beating Bishop, and Bishop, by the way, was outstanding in the first meeting between these two teams, so it had to give the Islanders a lot of confidence uh, that they were able to come out and score on him so early in the hockey game. Now, the Islanders had a couple of choices and a couple of chances after that, and they had power play opportunities, The question was, could they take advantage of it? Hints, off for interference. He interfered with Eberle at 410. Islanders had a number of chances, moved the puck well on the power play, but were unable to get the puck and put it home. They had another chance at the 747 mark of the period when Corey Perry was off for tripping Noah Dobson. But again, uh, not a lot going on on this power play. Uh... Islanders had 11 shots on goal in the first seven-plus minutes of this game, and, um, you know, again, dominating, two power play chances, you would hope at that point that the Islanders would have more than a one nothing lead. You got double-digit shots in half a period, two power play chances, you're out skating, out hitting, and just out playing the road team, and yet... The Islanders unable to add to that one to nothing lead, and basically the Islanders get themselves into trouble. And there's you know a momentum change. Casey Sizikis called for interference at 13:19. Out comes the Dallas power play, and it's it's Dennis Gurianov, his 14th from Corey Perry and Hints. At 14:08, uh, a shot from the right circle, uh, and it's a tie hockey game after one period. And look again, Islanders outshoot the Stars 18 to seven, but it's all even at one. And again, a problem for this Islanders team when they control the majority of a period not taking advantage of those opportunities. This team needs to be able to score more goals. And that's why they brought up Kiefer uh, Bellows. And and again, Bellows did a pretty good job, had his first shift right after the Beauvilliers goal, uh, and, and did not look out of place. At times, he was certainly out-muscled for the puck, but you expect that from a rookie. But overall, did not look out of place at all and, you know, seemed to be doing a pretty good job. Now, Islanders had another power play opportunity early on in the second period. Thankfully, at least, they were drawing power plays in this game, which, you know, this team has struggled to do. Alexander Radulov called for slashing Josh Bailey at 251, but the Islanders, again, not able to really get much going, they possessed the puck for a good portion of the power play, but the puck stayed on the perimeter, didn't get into the dirty areas, didn't get down low, didn't get many shots from in between the circles, or even down, uh, you know, it was all points, and along the boards, and as a result, no goal. Radek Foxa called for tripping Brock Nelson at 736, and uh, the Islanders, again, unable to convert on the power play. Josh Bailey called for a high sticking penalty at 9:08, ended that power play prematurely, but again, neither team able to cash in with the man advantage. Finally, however, the Stars get an odd man rush and take advantage. Jason Dickinson his eighth from Andrew Cogliano and ex-Islander Blake Como at 12-12, and the Stars had a 2-1 lead on the Islanders, and, you know, a problem right there, but the Islanders bounce right back, and this is something this team has done most of the season, a positive, a minute 26 after the Stars took the lead, Derek Brassard, his ninth of the year from Michael Dalcole and Kiefer Bellows, Bellows an assist in his first uh, NHL game, and for Brassard, his first goal since December 17th. That's a 19-game dry spell ending. And if you're an Islander fan, first of all, congratulations to Kiefer Bellows for his first NHL point in his first NHL game. And second of all, a bright spot that the Islanders got a goal Got production from that third line, which has more or less been a black hole for the team all season. After two periods, Islanders outshooting the Stars 31-21, but the game was all even at two. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll look at the third period and overtime and a lot more to come as well as this date in Islanders history and our weekly farm report. Stay with us right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. the third period got underway. Islanders did not get off to the best of starts as Matt Martin was called for a penalty just a mere 44 seconds into this game. He was called for holding Asa Lindell. Islanders did, however, manage to kill off the power play. Uh, But then the Stars come up and score at even strength and this is one that Varlamov really wanted back. It was a not the greatest of shots. Varlamov tried to play the puck, and instead of playing it to either side, he kind of it hit off his stick and went right into the goal. Klingberg gets credit for the goal, his third from Joe Pavelski and Radulov at 6:56, and all of a sudden the Islanders are down three to two and certainly a little bit of uh, restlessness going on as the uh, t- clock started to tick away in the third period. Now, with a little more than five minutes left in regulation, hints called for holding, and the Islanders get their fifth power play of the the game. Looked like Brock Nelson had a goal, but... This one called back as Anders Lee ruled to have interfered with Bishop on the replay, and it was ruled no goal. And again, you could hear the groans from the fans at the Barclay Center who weren't happy with that call, and it was close. You know, you, you look at that replay, Bishop kind of came out of his crease a little bit, but there was definitely contact and a judgment call made by the war room uh, up in Toronto that essentially Bishop was not able to get where he wanted to go in order to stop that puck. He was impeded, and as a result, no goal. And again, restlessness going on right there. But still a minute and a half of power play time left, and the Islanders do manage to tie the game. Matthew Barzal, his 18th from Devontae's and Jordan Eberle at 16.01, yes, folks, it was a power play goal, and the game was all even at 3-3, Barzal took a fancy shot, kind of went, you know, took the shot through his legs, beats Bishop, who, you know, played a pretty good game again, uh, but the game even at three, we head to overtime, and I'll tell you, Simeon Varlamov came up really, really big early on in the overtime, uh, making a save on a breakaway, and then Brock Nelson forces a turnover, makes a nice little touch pass to Bavillier, who goes in all alone on a breakaway, and at 2.52 of overtime, Anthony Bavillier, his second of the game, 15th of this season, the game winner, and the Islanders skate away, with a 4-3 to victory. Islanders, 41 shots on goal in this game, to 31 for the Dallas Stars. Uh, Simeon Varlamov, 28 saves to earn the victory. We look at the scoreboard. Bevilier with two goals in this game on three shots. Uh, Eberle had two helpers. Those are the only two players with multiple-point games. Ryan Pulak a plus three to lead all Islander players. Matthew Barzal had seven shots on goal. As far as the hits were concerned, Matt Martin credited with six to pace the team and uh, block shots, uh, four players had two, Mayfield, Taze, Letty, and Ksizikis, uh, all with two block shots in this game. Brock Nelson, 11 out of 20, in the face-off circle, Casey Sezek 7 out of 13, but Derek Broussard only 2 out of 9 on draws for the Islanders. As far as ice time goes, Brock Nelson led all forwards with 22 minutes and 30 seconds. In his debut, Kiefer Bellows 1 assist, a plus 1 in 9 minutes and 10 seconds worth of ice time, and that was a plus. All Nick Letty led all Islander players in ice time with 24 minutes, 21 seconds. The scratches for the Islanders, Sebastian Aho, Ross Johnston, and Tom Kunackle. You look at the shots now, and again, Islanders with a lot more opportunities. And you know, both teams had a lot of chances down low, but the Islanders certainly made theirs count. And at the end of the day, a badly needed 4-3 win for the Islanders. They now have three points in their last two games as they try desperately to claw their way back to at least, you know, second place where they were for so long. Uh, Looking at the standings right now in the Metropolitan Division, Washington in first with 77 points, Pittsburgh second place with 71 points, Columbus remaining in third place right now. They have 67 points. The Islanders with 66, uh, although the Islanders have three games in hand on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Big win for the New York Islanders. They needed this in the worst way, and they certainly were able to get it. The Islanders now... Have a four-game point score uh, point streak, albeit two wins and two overtime losses, and they have a 13-game point streak at the Barclays Center, which actually goes all the way back to last season. For Anthony Beauvillier, he has points in each of his last three games, and uh, as far as Keith for Bellows is concerned, again he gets the point. And he became the fifth Islanders player to make his NHL debut this season. Jordan Eberle, uh, with his assist, now has a three-game point streak, and that is important. And for Ryan Pulak, his 20th assist of the season, which ties him for second place on the team with Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson. So uh, that is uh, very, very helpful. Meanwhile, for Varlamov, his 16th win of the season, and that leads all Islanders players. All right, we're going to step aside right now. When we come back, we'll have this date in Islanders history and our weekly farm report. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history, February 5th, 1994 at Le Calice in Quebec City, Islanders and the Quebec Nordiques in goal for the Islanders. Jamie McLennan, while Stéphane Fissé was in goal for Les Nordiques in their uh, white and powder blue uniforms. One goal in that first period. Benoit Ho got the Islanders on the board. Seven minutes in, his 24th from Steve Thomas and Uwe Krupp, and the Islanders held the early one to nothing lead in the second period, Quebec evens the score just seventy-seven seconds in Ron Sutter, his ninth from Valerie Kaminsky and Bob Basson, and the game was all even at one apiece, stayed that way till late in the second period when Jan Kaminsky got his first goal of the year, assists to Ray Ferraro and Pat Flatley at seventeen thirty six two one Islanders. After two, Travis Green added to the Islanders' lead at 10.50 of the third, his 14th goal unassisted. The Nordique made it closer, scoring with 3.17 left in regulation. Reggie Savage, his third of the year for Quebec from Scott Young and Curtis LeCision, but that was as close as the Nordique were able to get. Islanders get the win on a 31-save effort by Jamie McLennan as they beat the Nordique 3-2. No multiple-point players in this game for the Islanders. Uh, meanwhile, Vladimir uh, Malakov had four shots on goal. Steve Thomas led the Islanders with six shots on goal. Islanders totaled 23 shots, while the Nordique had 33, but... Islanders come away with a 3-2 win in Quebec City on this date in Islanders history, February 5th, 1994. right, time for our weekly farm report as we talk about all things Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Two games over last weekend for Bridgeport as they return to action after the All-Star break and last Friday... They would face the Hershey Bears. They fall in that game by a score of 4-1. to one. The only goal for Bridgeport scored by Kiefer Bellows, his team-leading 16th, and it helped earn him the promotion to the Islanders that he got and made his debut, of course, last night. Uh, Christopher Gibson in goal again for Bridgeport. Good to have him back and healthy he made 31 saves in a losing effort, and it was the fourth straight loss for the Sound Tigers, who were mired in a little bit of a slump. But on Saturday, Bridgeport came back. They won against the Wilkes-Bar Scranton Penguins, and the game went into a shootout, but the Sound Tigers ended up winning this one 3-2. Simon Holstrom gets the game winner in the shootout in his first career shootout opportunity at least in the AHL. Oliver Wallstrom and Joshua Hosang scoring the goals during the actual, you know, three periods and overtime for the Sound Tigers. Hosang tying the game with about 3 minutes left in regulation. Jared Corot, 25 saves to earn the win and the Sound Tigers splitting their weekend series. Uh ending it with a, you know, win and a loss, but the shootout win certainly a morale booster ending that four-game losing streak. All right, three games this uh, week for the Sound Tigers. Uh, Today at 10.30 a.m., so the game may even be over by the time you listen to this podcast, but a 10.30 a.m. start at home against the Syracuse Crunch. It is Winter Fun School Day uh, in Bridgeport, and hopefully, uh, some kids will be able to go to that game and enjoy it kind of as a field trip, uh, on, you know, a matinee, a 10.30 a.m. game. it got to be tough for the players to be ready to play that early in the day. Then this weekend, the Sound Tigers have a home-and-home home with the Providence Bruins. Saturday, February 8th, a 7 o'clock start at home in Bridgeport, uh, against the Providence Bruins, and then Sunday at 3.05 p.m. in the afternoon, a road game in Providence against the Bruins, uh, and that is basically the weekend, as it looks, for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Looking at the standings right now, Sound Tigers 16-26-5, and 37 points, still 5 points behind the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, Bridgeport in eighth place in the AHL's Atlantic division, trying to climb out of the cellar. Their 102 goals scored in 47 games, uh, essentially placing them last in the Eastern Conference of the American Hockey League. And having Kiefer Bellows recalled to the Islanders, That takes their leading goal scorer out of the lineup. Good to see Joshua Hosang get that tying goal uh, in the second game this past weekend, the the shootout victory. He's healthy. He's back in the lineup. And uh, that is a positive. And certainly the Sound Tigers can use his offensive production, assuming he can get on track. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Join us tomorrow. We'll have a full preview of the Islanders game coming up tomorrow at Barclays Center as they take on the L.A. Kings to close out this three-game homestand. We'll also have this Dayton Islanders history and a whole lot more. Lots to talk about standings very, very tight in the Metropolitan Division. And let's face it, folks every game the rest of the way is a big game for the New York Islanders. I'm your host Gil Martin. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.